Welcome to Do You Ever Wonder with your host, Mike Holtman. It's the podcast that will answer your questions about many of the things in life we've always wanted to know more about. Our guests, experts in their chosen field, will enlighten us about subjects ranging from real estate, business, career, science, philanthropy, and much more. Proudly presented by Hallmark Abstract Service, it is once again time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride on our information superhighway. And now, here's Mike Holtman. Well, good afternoon, everybody. My name is indeed Mike Holtman, and I am the host of the Do You Ever Wonder podcast, in addition to being CEO of Hallmark Abstract Service. Uh, the reason that we created Do You Ever Wonder is because there are so many issues, so many topics that people think about, wonder about, but don't always have the the outlet to learn more about. So we look for experts in unique fields, in just different, different topics. And today is going to be uh, particularly interesting, I think. It, uh, it's going to cover issues, blockchain, NFTs, real estate, uh, how homeowners can control the information for their house, uh, just all of the different aspects of the future of real estate. Some might think that blockchain is just around the corner. Others might think it has a little ways to go before it becomes viable everywhere. But at the very least, it's an important topic that we we need to to learn more about. And along those lines, we're very fortunate to have a co-founder of uh, of a company called Blockchain Home Registry. His name is James Rogers, and I welcome you, James. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mike. Happy to be here. <laughs> oh, you're happy to be here. I, you know what? I thought you said have a beer because I, I could do oh, that. Yeah, we can do that too. Maybe that's, after we chat. That, yeah, that's great. That's great. So going over the, the information about your company, what I garnered from it is that you started your company to solve two problems. Uh, one is that homeowners don't necessarily have the access to data. And number two is that because of the way that the real estate industry is formed, it's difficult to create a, uh, I guess, a coalition that that can offer information to the homeowners. Uh, is that is that basically close? Yeah, I think that, that that's pretty spot on. And and on the the owning your data piece, it really can't comes down to you know you were in the industry, so you're well aware of this. But there's a lot of information around people's homes that you know that that they they may not be aware of, whether that's ownership history, permits, deeds, liens, the history of the home. Uh, you know, for example, the, the home that I live in, I could, I could tell you a long story about this crazy ownership history that I had to piece together from my neighbors and from whatever records I could get my hands on. And then another story that, that you and I were chatting about earlier uh, is that you know, I was, when I was living in California, I had an accepted offer on a home. And then my wife and I got rejected by 10 insurance companies for wildfire risk. And that was information that the sellers didn't know, you know, we didn't know as prospective buyers, uh, we did not end up buying that house. But this is really valuable data that is not necessarily shared with a homeowner. And then, like you said, the other thing that we really noticed building for the past five or six years in the real estate tech space is that 
it, you know, while there's so much interesting stuff being built, it companies really don't collaborate. And I think most of us in the industry can probably agree that there, the, the level of innovation leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, buying, selling, owning a home, in a lot of ways can still be a very stressful process. I think a lot of us want to make it better. But one of the things that we noticed is people really aren't that interested in collaborating. So that's why we built this thing, Blockchain Home Registry. And uh, I'm happy to get into it if you're curious about. Well, let me ask you this. So the the methodology of real estate transactions is extremely different across the country. You know, you have your attorney states, you have your non-attorney states. You know, from my perspective in title insurance, uh, the homeowner always has access to the information. So we create a title report that goes into every aspect of the history of their home. Not necessarily the the mechanical history, not necessarily, you know, feuds with neighbors, but but the the municipal data about their property, whether it's liens, whether it's uh, you know, whatever it is about that property, you know, from survey to to covenants and restrictions, all that stuff. You know, what we tend to find is that it's possible that in at least in my realm of the market, that it's not necessarily that the the homeowner doesn't have access to the information, but they might not have an interest in gathering the information or in knowing the information. So one of the things that we do in title insurance is in New York, the attorney generally picks the title company and the home buyer knows little about both title insurance and the process of gather of getting the title insurance and they may not necessarily think that they care however it's the product that's protecting their ownership interests so <clears throat> ooh, excuse me so a lot of it is not necessarily that in my, in my opinion at least from the title insurance point of view that they don't necessarily have access they may not have an interest so uh, let me explain a little bit more about what we're doing, and I think it'll make a little more sense with some of the things that they they probably don't have access to. So the the sort of twenty or thirty second, really really high level on what blockchain home registry allows is it, it allows you as a homeowner to claim your home. We verify that you own it, and then that gives you access to a permanent, transferable historical record about the house. You can sort of think of it like Carfax for your house, but it's that supercharged by the whole industry. And what that means is anybody in the industry, whether it's a title company like your own or an energy company, a solar company, a, a loan originator, they can all add interesting data into that home because they want to influence consumers' behavior. So to give you another example, your local energy company might add in your real-time energy usage data. The reason they would do that is because they want you to charge your electric car overnight. They want you to shift or decrease your usage. But then once they've added that in, then a solar company might add in their sun model on top of it to show that homeowner, all right, we already know your real-time energy usage data. So when we add in your sun model, we can give you a right size rooftop solar install. We'll give you a discount on it because we already know exactly what you need. And out of the solar company, they just got a new lease. To the homeowner, they just learned both their real-time energy usage data, which they didn't know before. And now they know what the potential of the rooftop is to offset that. So that's another example of something that they really didn't know before, but by collaborating as an industry, we as an industry can teach them through this protocol. So the energy company, so it's basically the energy company is trying to sell to the homeowner or the solar company 
is trying to sell to the homeowner by providing the homeowner with information. Is that? Yeah, I think that is in in a, a really short way. Yes, uh, it may be that sometimes it's more altruistic, but in general, it, it's going to be that they they want to establish some sort of relationship with that homeowner, whether that's selling to them or, again, in the in the case of the energy company, it's influencing their behavior. A lot of energy companies have green initiatives where they may actually want you to use less energy. So I wouldn't necessarily think of that as selling to their client because you know, it's actually telling that customer to use less of their product. Uh, but that's a very real thing for many energy companies. So it's really about interacting with a consumer or a potential consumer, whether or not that's selling. I mean, that, that, that sort of depends on the use case. You uh, used the word uh, a few sentences ago, altruistic. And don't forget that I'm in New York. So the, the altruism is, is sometimes in short supply in New York. But it, it is definitely a valid point that certainly in, in people trying to cut their energy emissions, it helps them to know what those emissions might be or what that usage might be. But so my understanding of the blockchain is that in order for me to enter information, I need access. And in order, if I have my own NFT, and I, I'm assuming that as a homeowner who claims my property, I have to buy an NFT to the to getting access to the blockchain. Uh, you, so if, if you go on right now, we're actually giving them away for free. Uh, you know, we're we're less interested in making money on the consumer at least at this juncture, and 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 more interested in giving them new information and teaching them about their home. So uh, in it, depending on the state of the promotions that we're running, I mean, it may cost a small amount, but again, we're, we're much more interested in you being able to claim that access to your home so you can take control of that record. Just out of curiosity, again, your business model is not my business, but will you be charging the, the businesses something in order to be able to gain access to those homeowners? Uh, in short, yes. Uh, so in general, the, the business models that we take a piece of every transaction and the transaction is in that example I gave you where the solar company use the, uses the energy company's data, the solar company is paying the energy company to use their data. And then our company will take a piece of that. A homeowner can actually also monetize their own data that they add in if they choose. They can keep everything fully private. Like for example, I've never put my home inspection on, online if it said, you know, here's James' address and his back door is broken. I would not want that to be public information. But maybe you've done an appraisal that you're willing to say, hey, here's a software company that needs 10,000 appraisals to build their model better. They might find it beneficial to pay some number of dollars to each homeowner willing to share that. So the homeowner can actually monetize that as well. Now, again, anytime a transaction like that happens in the platform, we take a small piece of it. Now, is that, uh, well, let me just get back to the black the blockchain issue, which is, how does the energy company gain access to the to the homeowner's blockchain or is it does the does the homeowner need to give them authority to do that so one way you could think about it is is that the homeowner has control over their own data the nft itself that you're given when you claim your home you can sort of think of that as the the keys to your digital house uh, and and that gives you access to that record now in the case of the energy company and solar company Within our network, whoever added that unique data is the one who has the controls over it. So, for example, the energy company, it's their data, so they can decide if they would like to monetize that with a solar company. But the homeowner has the only access to any data that they've added to their home. And then when they transfer that home, usually because they've sold it, 
then when they would transfer the NFT to the new owner, the new owner would have access to any of that information that's in there. So for the homeowner, do you anticipate it becoming an asset that they can monetize again by selling it to the new buyer? Or yeah, we we think that's a we, you know we, we we've thought about that and we think it's a really interesting angle where you know the, there are there's only so much I can talk about at this juncture, but you know there there are a lot of ways where this is going to be accretive to homeowners. Uh, one of which is that we think it will be really worth your while to build up that record because that could be something that you know, there, there could be a, a point of purchase to a new seller where you're, you know, you've built up a really valuable record that probably does have some material value to that new owner. Uh, we're we're not quite there yet, but but we do think there's a lot of potential for that. So it's you know besides energy, besides water usage, uh, you know all of those types of of ancillary things. So the blockchain would also include uh, maintenance records. You know, the replaced two years ago, the roof was replaced, and that would just be a ledger of of items that the homeowner could put in. That would be of value to to the new buyer and that they could also include uh who did it who they have maintenance contracts with all of those things yep absolutely when i bought my home i just had to trust when they said that the the roof had been replaced last year and and this will become a verifiable record where you can say okay this is another example where when the homeowner builds out this record and again part of it gets built out for them through those third-party organizations like like in the example the energy company but when they go to sell their home, they can elect to make that record public to anybody looking at their home. So in theory, they can get offers with fewer contingencies because they could say, hey, James, I see your last inspection and I see these 20 different things that you did to improve the home. You've owned it for this period of time and I see all this other information. Maybe I'll waive my, my inspection contingency. So you can actually get better value on your home or easier, you know, easier, more efficient offers because people don't feel like they need that, that contingency. Let me ask you this again, as a cynical New Yorker. So, you know, the and I, I've always said this about title insurance and the potential for blockchain to disrupt, which is that the information on the blockchain is only as good as the information put on the blockchain. So you don't know who did it. You don't know what what motives they may have had, uh, good intentions, bad intentions. You don't really know. So if a homeowner puts on the blockchain, I replaced my roof in 2000. 19. How do you how do you verify that? How do, how do you trust that data? Or do you then have to go out and contact the company that they say did it anyway? It sort of depends on the piece of data. Uh, so, you know, at, at some level, there's always going to be some question of, of fraud, right? I mean, just in real estate transactions. I mean, if, if I sell my house to you and I lie about material disclosures, then you could sue me for fraud. So, uh, you know, we're not out to necessarily solve 100% of that problem. Um, there will always be bad actors who are looking for ways to manipulate and and defraud others. Um, again, that's that's not really our intention of just fixing every piece of that. Uh, that said, at some point, we expect there will be mechanisms within the network to verify data, and much more of the data that we expect to end up in a home's record. Some of it will be added by a homeowner. Much of it will be added by integrating organizations. So in the case of, you talk about the roof, uh, you know, maybe that data comes from records around permitting or you know, if there's a roof installer, there might be some piece of software that they use to, to record their projects. That software company might end up building an integration where all of those records get added to home data. 
So it's not even necessarily coming from the homeowner where the veracity is them just saying, trust me, I did this, but there are actually third parties that are verifying it. That's great. You know, I, you know, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm just curious, you know, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, there, there are a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, no question. So because the, the national real estate market is somewhat fragmented, as you said, and each, each city, each town, each state has, you know, disparate types of methodologies of how they do it. Do you have to create separate, you know, are there barriers to entry to different states or is it just, you know, you have the, the formula and it can basically fit whatever market it is? So at some level, what we've, what we've built, what we're building is a protocol. And anything can be built on top of it. And at some level, we're agnostic to what gets built on top of it. So we're partnering with a lot of really neat organizations to build really novel integrations. Uh, you know, I mentioned to you earlier that, that we're working with title companies to add their data. Now, it's not necessarily our view that it's our responsibility to make sure that an integration they build works in 50 states. Because, you know, like you said, you live in New York. You might build an integration that that works really well for your clients by taking advantage of this protocol. But there might be a, a you know in Washington State there might be another title company that does that. There may be a national company that builds something that could work feasibly work for everyone. But again, we're agnostic to the innovation that happens on top of it. We're building the ability to innovate in that way by building on top of this shared record. So now, the process, the processes of what you're doing. Are you, uh, do you have patents? Uh, no, uh, we're, you know, we're the first ones to do this and we're building very quickly. I mean, I, I could, I could probably have a very long discussion with you about software intellectual property, but uh, that's not our approach for how we make this work. So the short answer is no. Well, there, you know, I don't know what funding you have or how much it costs to create this, but so do you anticipate, are there barriers to entry? Like if somebody, you know, if a real estate magazine or, you know, some large organization saw the saw the benefits of what you're doing, is there anything to stop them from doing the same thing? Or is it just a rush to be the first one and the best one? You know, the way we think about it generally is more the latter. Uh, you know, in some ways, we, you know, in a lot of ways, we welcome competition. We want innovation in the space. And that's what's most important to us. So. I would expect that in the next 12 to 24 months, you do see people, other people trying this. But there really hasn't been anything like this before. Uh, but but we very much expect that you know if this is working, then there probably will be people that will emulate it. So you know we we're, we're the first ones out there doing it. And we're excited about that. But you know I, I've been building tech long, technology for long enough to know that you know, usually when you got a good idea, there are going to be other people to try and copy it. So you know in, in short, yeah, I would, I would expect that that does happen. You know what there are, uh, and I don't know the statistic. You might, you probably do. The number of houses, properties in the country, homes. Country. Yeah, it, depends on the, it depends on the data source that you look at, but I've seen anywhere from 142 million to 160 million. Okay, I would love to get title insurance from all of those places, but that's right. here and there. But what uh, what level of penetration to the market would you consider a success? What level of penetration are you looking for? Oh, so you know we're we're building this first as a U.S. based standard. I mean, we we don't see a good reason why eventually this wouldn't apply globally, uh, and so that's a 
as far as what number that looks like, you know, in, in theory, I think there's potential for this to apply to certainly every U.S.-based home. And, you know, does that mean that everyone is utilizing it? No, of course not. But it, could it apply to every home in the United States? Yes. And, and then, like I said, we, we expect that from there, we figure out ways to apply the same sort of technology and innovation in, in other places outside of the U.S. Right. So it sounds to me like it's a huge sales operation required because, you know, New England Energy versus uh, Con Edison versus whoever, you know, all of the different uh, vendors that you would probably like to be approaching would take critical mass to to get to? Or is there some other method where you can reach all of these people? Well, so, you know, yes and no. You know, well, we have a sales team, of course. But, uh, you know, the, one of the things that we're excited about, and this is all very brand new, so so we're just getting going. But part of what we're really excited about is built into the system is a really cool network effect where when you get the flywheel going, the more integrations are built. So, you know, energy usage, that solar company, title companies building their data in, or an insurance company that builds a better product for more accurately underwriting insurance because they have more data available to them. The more things like that get built, the more valuable it becomes for a consumer to claim their home. But the more homeowners have claimed their homes, the more valuable it becomes to build a new integration. And then it just goes from there with that flywheel. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in the mode because this is so new of, of jumpstarting that and building some of those really critical large partnerships. Uh, those are all going very well. And we're excited about it and we'll see more of those soon. Uh, but you, I, I don't think this is something that scales directly. I mean, I, 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 think, this, I think this scales exponentially as that flywheel starts to go. That's great. So um, I had a I had another question for you, but I, I forgot. But here's so being that it's NFT driven and NFTs have some kind of monetary basis in crypto. Or no. Sorry, what's the question? Uh, the NFT, I know there's a huge NFT market out there and it's based in Ethereum, I think. Uh do your NFTs, are they at all reliant on the crypto market? Uh, not really, no. Uh, so we don't really think about this as a speculative valued NFT. I mean, it uses some of the same standardized technology, uh, but it's not, you do, when, when most people hear NFT, they think about pictures of monkeys and turtles that people are selling for thousands of dollars. Uh, that's not what this is. I mean, this is, this is not you claim your home and then flip it for some amount of dollars right afterward. This is give you know this is giving you access to the record about your home. Uh, and then it, it's really underwritten by the actual ownership of the home. So we're checking on the back end to verify that you, as the holder of that NFT, indeed own that actual real estate. Uh, so there's really no speculative value in the same way that you think about with what most people see as NFTs. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Only because you know real estate transactions uh, based in crypto. You know they talk about it all the time, and you know the volatility seems to make that difficult. In my mind, unless yes, some other mechanism involved where you can you know maintain the value of of your sale sales price. But um, no, that that's good that you're not relying on on crypto. Yeah, and you you know I could probably have a separate conversation about that entire area. I mean, people are doing some really interesting stuff. You know, when you start if you start googling around for blockchain and real estate, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. Um, some of that's on fractionalized ownership based on NFTs. Some of it is about 
you know, trying to convince people to sell their home as an NFT. I mean, that's not what we're doing. And at some level, those could be built on top of this if somebody wanted to use what we're building as a protocol to create those innovations. Uh, it's not what we're doing. And, and part of that is because I agree with you. The idea that that you're going to sell your home when there's a you know really large price variability, uh, you know, people need certainty. And, you know, this is for most people, their most significant, largest asset it's the idea that you're going to have potentially several percentage points in one day based on just fluctuation of the currency you're selling it in. I mean, that's, that's tough sell for most people. Does that mean nobody will do it? Of course not, because people have done it. But does that mean that it will scale in that way? You know, I think that remains to be seen. So you know, what, what we're building in a lot of ways is market agnostic. People will always be, oh, they will always own homes and that data will always be important to those homes. So you know, we don't we don't necessarily track the price of any cryptocurrency or or even necessarily prices in the real estate market because we're building something for homeowners and like I said people will always own homes. Right. No. No. No question about it. So, last question. You you talk about a company overlaying technology on your protocol. Protocol is that the right word? Sure. Yeah. Uh, are they they're responsible for developing that? Uh, Depends on the integration. I mean, some some of our partners that we're working with, we're helping them build uh, at, at scale. When we really get this going, I mean, there will be tools available to people to build their own novel integrations. But uh, you know, we, again, we're just getting going. So so certainly, some of those larger partners, we're really building side by side with them. But you know, eventually, it will it will be available to anybody that wants to build a novel integration. With your own website online, uh, something like that. Only not. Something like that, only different. So how how long have you been in business? Last question. Uh, this is brand new. Uh, we just launched the product uh, in the last two months. Wow. <clears throat> God bless. That's fantastic. Well, I, I very much appreciate you coming on. Uh, and I look forward to watching how you guys grow. And I might even register my own home. That'd be great. Well, Mike, it's been, it's been a pleasure and I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you very much. And hopefully I'll have you back on after you get a little further along. That would be great. That'd be great. Happy to chat again. Terrific. All right. Thanks for listening to Do You Ever Wonder? And if there's a subject that's always been on your mind, let us know. We hope you'll join us next time for the show that answers your questions. And please like and share this episode with your friends and on your social media. See you next time.